This is Hallway Digressions, laughs, rants, and musings on life and culture from the Lakewood Park Bible Department. Uh (laughs) Well, welcome everybody to Hallway Digressions. Laughs, rants, and musings on life and culture from the Lakewood Park Bible Department. That's us right here doing what we do best, and it is season three. It's episode 14, fellas, and um, goodness, we are at the close of quarter three, one quarter left. The fact that we're still standing-ish makes me think that we'll be able to do it. Close out (laughs) another school year. How how are you guys feeling? Do you feel a renewed energy knowing that there's just one quarter left? Does it put wind in your sails? No, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. such a defeated. Yeah. Let's, no. let's, we should hear from the first year teacher first. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ed, Ed, let us in. No, this, you know, this is we're, a safe we're, place. Brett knows that we're we're here and share. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't. We're going. Things are going fine. I I don't know if I would say there's a renewed energy, but there's enough energy left to get us to the end. Hmm. so that's all you need it's just yeah yeah it's just you know it's not like a you know it's not a it's not a you know class starts and it's not a hey guys it's a (sighs) hey guys (laughs) yeah (laughs) jed are you like living out the law of entropy yeah yeah i think so like all of the usable energy is Mm -hmm. being used up Mm-hmm. Yes, you and know, you uh, I use it because it's like natural law. Yeah, um, it's just I am I am the law of entropy. That's the takeaway. That sounds and, like that sounds like a like a Marvel villain. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> like they come onto the scene and they say, "I, I am, am the law. I am the law." Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to I used to get bothered sometimes when I was in when I was in high school or when when teachers would get off track and every day it's more understandable about <laughs> oh man oh boy yeah you don't care yeah. what i came to talk about i don't care what i came to talk about let's shoot the breeze, <laughs> so let's kids. just talk about something i don't even else. know what i came to talk about at this point <laughs> right oh my goodness yeah right yeah, now it's uh it's just get to spring break mode and yeah, then man. And then uh, after spring break, it's like just the downward slide to graduation, like yeah. the, yep. you know, the end like of, it, yeah, the end of the It's year. a downward slide for us, but for the students, it's like the more well, energy they get yeah. and the crazy. They grow stronger. Oh. <laughs> they they zap then, our powers from us. The harder yeah. the current, the harder the current to fight against. Mm-hmm. And the more you just lean back <laughs> into the river. <laughs> i feel like at this point like i need that to hear that whisper in my ear like i am the storm you know thing like from like facebook <laughs> oh i don't know i am the entropy i didn't you know uh, it doesn't work yeah but uh yeah and i'm thinking today today was such a reminder i don't know what it was but after the um musical the oh. preview it was like somebody like injected like pure pixie stick into like the seventh graders that came back into my room. I was like, yeah, you, know, you think they're like amped up after lunch? This was another level. 
it was yeah. another level. It was injected um, with pixie stick. Seventh period was kind of a wash today. Seventh period was. Oh, kind of it was like I even put because it's Wednesday. It's their Panther time. They don't really have Panther times like resource. They don't really have homework though on Wednesdays. Not really, and so we uh, we've made it a habit to put on a movie in the background. And so I even had Despicable Me on, and you know it's like, will that help? No. Yeah. It was like that. I was even having to calm them down during Despicable Me. It was just something. It was unreal. Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking after spring break and the closer we get to summer, oof, it's gonna be rough. That seems like a good day to have Panther time on a day when they don't have homework. <laughs> right. I don't see how it could go awry. No. Not not only that, but it's a it's a block period too. So and we switch them. And so I have eighth graders then come in for their second dose of Panther time, no homework. But fortunately that group, they're a little more calm, <laughs> but those oh, seventh what? graders, woo. I'm oh, sorry, Luke. Man. Yes. What were you <laughs> Oh, well, so let's, let's go ahead and um, make a pivot here to some more. <laughs> am I, am I choppy? Was did that come out? No, okay? You're good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You guys got a little choppy on me there. On my end. Uh, so, okay, Brett, we, we've been talking about the Mountain Dew and you enlightened us to some of the, um, some of the, the uh, nutritional benefits of your diet mm. Mountain Dew, um, mm. primarily the fact that it's got mountain, that it's got orange juice in it. <laughs> Here's what I want to ask. Uh, we've heard about some of your, your concoctions, um, some of going into the lab, as it were, to, to mix and match, to make something that was okay, great. Um, I'm thinking of your applesauce and the way you mix up your applesauces. Mm. Um, now, I want to ask you, have you tried adding orange juice to your Mountain Dew Wait. to see if maybe you can find a better ratio than the good people of Pepsi? I have not. And I'm, I'm, I'm very hesitant because it's diet Mountain Dew. Now, if it were regular Mountain Dew, Ooh. perhaps. Right. But with diet, I feel like... You just drain out all the Mountain Dew, like all the flavor, all the Mountain Dew flavor. Yeah, yeah. It's our, there's already a fine ba- balance there. Um, yeah, with and it, you always get it's weird with diet. So yeah, diet diet's a good point. That would throw things off. Yeah, yes, it, it would. It would. It's because of that whole sodium. Like they, there's like a ton of sodium in there, like a, a bunch more, because somehow it helps with the flavoring, I guess. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, I feel like that would that would throw off the balance. So Wait, do you do, do you do that with uh cereal? Do you mix and match with cereal or is it like that's messing with the, you know, with like, okay. Trinity? well, <laughs> I, I did. And I learned okay. so it was, uh, yeah, yeah. And here, this is, this is, this was in a fascinating experiment in the lab with, with cereal. And this was a long time ago, but I learned early on. And so I, I have not since, done my mix and match because this I, I this was like the one experiment that uh, i Did you have I, like a frankenstein episode where the cereal came alive <laughs> and it <laughs> no more <laughs> it wreaked um, havoc on your gut <laughs> it increased entropy on my on my guts it's uh yeah um no it just it was like i just needed to try it and it was like if this isn't good then none will be i mean no mixtures will it it was one of those it it was the final word now you would think that this this would have been incredible so what happened i took 
I don't even know if they're still making these two different ones, but um, this was when Cinnamon Toast Crunch, they were branching out. They still branch out a little bit, right? Their latest is the churros. They're great, by the way. Mm. Oh, yeah. Really good. Cinnamon Toast Crunch churros. Um, oh, they are. Yeah, I guess they are still doing this because they have chocolate churros now. But this was back when Cinnamon Toast Crunch was really learning to expand. And they came out with peanut butter Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And then, of course, you know where this is going. They came out with chocolate Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And so I was like, hmm, you know, being an, an avid fan of Reese's Peanut Butter Cup cereal. It seems so, like a match made in heaven. It does. Really and good. it's like, this is going to be the, the best peanut butter chocolate cereal in existence. Sure. And it was a huge flop. Oh. And, and in fact, it was, it was a flop to where, like, I didn't even like them really on their own. Oh, wow. And so the, the, it was like two nearly brand new boxes of, and I think they were like the family size too, because for some oh, reason at Walmart... Wow. When they come out with these new cereals, sure. <laughs> they, they're in the family size. They're like, it they comes in five size. gallon bucket size. <laughs> yeah. So you have to like go all out. And I did. And I was thinking this is going to be great. And it flopped. And oh. I ended up giving the, the cereal away. Yes. Wow. Ugh. Wow. Brett, let me press in a little bit more here. What, what happened that made it go so bad? They just, they, it, it was kind of like, it was a little bit like the serpent in the garden at the fall. It didn't like it, it promised, but it did not deliver. It delivered right. partially, but, yeah. but it, and because it was, it was a partial deliverance. Uh huh. That's not even really put it. <laughs> it only gave part of the goods. And since it only gave part of the goods, it was like I was better off without any of these uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you you acquired more knowledge it was just <laughs> i knowledge did leading yes. to suffering yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay well i think that'll wow. work yeah you know, the all the while, checks out. yeah all the while i already had everything i could ever ask for there in the garden i already had reese's peanut butter cup yeah cereal i already had cinnamon toast crunch i even had churros to choose from and i had to go and reach out and grab yeah and it's uh i learned what a grand illustration of genesis 3 that's fantastic yeah yeah uh brett if you don't mind i think i think i might use that in chapel and <laughs> yeah. sermon. now i'll cite my sources believe yeah, me I'll i love it sources, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. sure that's too good not to use yeah wow great <laughs> all right well <laughs> Yeah. All right, fellas. Good stuff so far. I I think it's I think it's only up and up from here, or maybe we've reached the mountaintop and it's only downhill after here. I I don't know. Um, but let me go ahead and just put this out there. Um, goodness, we were just flooded with movie recommendations um, on different options for us to watch and respond to. And when I say flooded, I mean that uh, that that Ryan sent us an email. <laughs> that um that did fill up my inbox with at least one email uh and he and and so we want to tip our cap to him as being uh, a listener who doesn't just listen but who participates he takes our words and he puts it into action ultimately what we want as teachers and uh, his movie recommendation for us to watch and to reflect upon um in in an artistic way in a gospel-centered way in a redemptive way in a narrative way all of those 
um, facets that we've been considering the last couple of weeks. His movie is We Were Soldiers, that uh, splendid Mel Gibson military flick. Um, I've probably watched that 15 years ago mm. and have not since. And so we've got his email and uh, we want him to know that we heard him. We value the recommendation. Uh, we will watch it and we'll talk about it next week. And so we've got our homework, fellas. And um, I believe it's on Netflix, I believe. And uh, maybe it, if hey, necessary... I, I think we need to figure something out here. Is this when we watch these, are, are, is this going to be like we're all together watching? Our, our mantra, everybody, whatever happened on. I'm sorry. I was trying to verify it was on Netflix and that was a trailer that was on the, the front page of Netflix. <laughs> For, that's uh, just the kind of content we love, Jed. So that's perfect. <laughs> Incredible. In the moment. I, uh, like, are we all going to be sitting together, like, with popcorn? I would very diet, much like... Diet soda? I would love a viewing party, you know, a, a Zoom viewing party. I'll oh, stream it from this Lakewood Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't thinking that high quality, but, I, like, this is, like, beyond HD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh... <laughs> Okay. Well, I think it would be funny to all hit play at the same time. We can't even call it HD at that point. It's just D. (laughs) Or simply just definition. It's just definition. Generalized definition. We need to retract retract our Netflix endorsement because it is not on Netflix. Oh. Sorry, Netflix. I did just watch it on something. Maybe it was recently. I did just Why did you just come down? Because I'm pretty sure I had it in my list. It's Watch. I just streamed it a couple weeks ago on something. So yeah. Well, all right. Uh, Braveheart was on. Was that on Netflix too? I believe it was. Yeah. Is do it you guys still? Have, what other whatever other streaming services do we all have in common? Hmm. Prime. You guys, Prime guys. I have Prime. Yeah, Prime. No. 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 Okay. Disney. Plus. Well. And so is it with Prime? Disney I don't Plus. know how it works, but we have apps on our Fire Sticks, so like Tubi and all that kind of stuff. All right. So they oh. they have movies and things. Um. Oh, HBO. Well, Max, we have that through. I still uh, I still am boycotting Prime because of their boycott of the, of the uh, transgender book. So ah, uh, <laughs> hey, yeah. goodness, they haven't that. come around to that yet. They haven't. No, your, um, I don't believe so. Your your yeah. your sanctions haven't haven't squeezed no, them no, out financially. Haven't, <laughs> haven't made an impact. In fact, uh, I mean, I even said in a uh, email, but uh, and they were were went through a chat with one representative and they were going to, you know, pass that on to their supervisors, but yeah. straight to Jeff. Wow. Yeah. Right. Jeff. Right. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, you know, you guys, that isn't that something though. I not, not, I mean, this could totally get us off total whatever, but, but isn't that something with the last month of um, I mean, were you kind of watching and keeping track? I follow like these book, you know, hangout pages and stuff on, on Facebook. And of course, a lot of them were going nuts and, you know, just uh, some of the other uh, liberal pages that I, I, I like to follow just to kind of keep up with, you know, what, what, what are they buzzing about? Um, and, uh, so you guys, what was it in Kentucky or Tennessee where they took the, uh, Oh, let let me think now. Cause I've, I haven't thought about it for a while. They took, um, Oh, Yes, it was like a graphic novel of uh, Nazi Germany, and it was called something Mouse. It's just Mouse, M A U S. 
thank you and m-a-u-s and and so it was being used as an official uh part of a, a curriculum for uh middle school okay and um evidently it had some sexual things in it and so um some parents complained to the school board about it saying you know this is not really age appropriate for middle schoolers and so they took it off of the official uh curriculum they took it out of the official curriculum okay and so uh i will say i it seemed in my world it's from my what i look at it seemed that many liberal groups i mean even hollywood like actors actresses so famous people were all going nuts about banning books all of a sudden in other words this school this this district was banning this book and people were like going nuts over this even like george takai and you know oh if you're you know you say you're against cancel culture but then you're for banning books i mean it was just like the talk of the all over i mean and so and i'm thinking is that really banning books though and where were you guys when the transgender book was literally banned from like taken off of Amazon? Like, yeah. <laughs> and I, it wasn't as if the school district was like, t you know, making sure it was inaccessible. It was, they were just removing it from the official curriculum. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I so, so and anyway, um, I was using that book, uh, as an example, Nick, which, um, I have a couple of copies. One I do have at the school, um, you know, we want to talk about banning books. This was taken off. This was removed. They refused to, to sell it rather than, Hey, you know, this is not age appropriate for this. So we're going to take it out of the curriculum. Right. Uh, it was right. something. Yeah. I do wonder though about the, the claim that it's not age appropriate. Cause I do understand from what is that there is some, some level of nudity in it, but it's one of those things of like, Oh, it, it is appropriate at the age to discuss mass genocide. Um, but this is too much like that's the line like we don't draw the line as we can talk to them mm -hmm. about the systematic killing of millions of people but this sexual thing not even a sexual thing it's nudity in a completely non-sexual context in this book like i wonder oh, is yeah. that consistent to like like where we're putting the line of like we can talk about systematic killing of millions of people but this is too much um However, yeah, it is it is definitely representative of the fact that people aren't aren't headline readers or, or are just headline readers and yeah. unwilling to to go anywhere beyond just the headline. Because it's like um, I remember we when I was in when I was in world history in ninth grade, we watched Schindler's List, which has yeah. which, again, it's like one of those things where it's like, hey, this is happening. And there is there are some scenes. There's some explicit scenes in there. And it's like, yeah, hey. Yeah you you as a person of this age can handle a serious discussion about this level of brutality and also this happened not as something to gratify a, a, an urge or a pleasure but as an act of brutality um you know and i think that maybe you know maybe middle school isn't that point if it's middle school curriculum but i, I wonder if um a, a well-intentioned informed discussion about this is an act of brutality as an act of dehumanization um handled well could be a positive thing yeah mm. um you know because because we have even that you know like we have things like that like graphic language like that as you know talking about dehumanization talking about brutality in the biblical witness itself especially mm. thinking about ezekiel um i think we mentioned that that earlier 
um, in an earlier podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Again, it's a, it's a, it's a question of when do we have that conversation, but yeah, you know, recognizing that at least in that moment, again, and I think that the parents' concern is legitimate, not to say that it's like, oh, you know, anytime nudity happens in history, we just need to put it on the projector, but you know. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and it, I mean, they, the, you know, the, I'll just say the left was really, generally speaking, not everybody on the left, mm-hmm. but, you know, but they were just going, uh, taking this to the extreme level of, you know, well, they want to right wingers want to yeah um, erase the holocaust yeah which is yeah and hide history because they are you know white supremacists i mean it was like going to that and it's like wait Mm -hmm. a second they removed it from the official curriculum but boy yeah with you saying that jed yeah it's like it does it seems so challenging in our day and age i mean i would say especially even for my age group you know and and being a a a male we we just we live in such a, a highly sexualized mm-hmm. culture that it's man it, it, I, I would be almost willing to say man it, it, it's borderline nearing impossible isn't it to uh i guess remove um actual sexual sexuality from you know how, how challenging is that you know especially to high schoolers you know, mm. to show, uh, to show them that and somehow say, you know, this is, we can view this and not make it not at least, uh, spur those thoughts or desires but with, there's know. at least w- w- on one level, like, yes, it is. It is difficult to separate those things, but, and maybe this is my ignorance as a youthful person, but I like to think at least hold out the benefit of a doubt that even a high school boy would not see an emaciated, starving Jewish woman. Ooh, naked yeah, that's, that's, that's true. If it's that, t- yeah, I, I was thinking, I, I thought from Schindler's list, I, I was thinking there were still some scenes where there were healthy people portrayed as well. Yeah. But, and I do know, and it's been a long time since, so I don't, the history. I was thinking, um, I, I was, sure yeah. Yeah. So yeah, right. Right. But yeah, but ninth it's like grade. one of those things where if you, if you went to, if you went to the Holocaust museum, it's like, and if they're showing, you, you know, it's like if they made a model of the gas chamber and then they like added, mm. you know, like clothing that wasn't there was a historical, I, I would, I would question that move oh, again, yeah. you know, um, yeah. there's a lot to be said about res- presenting history accurately. And also to be talking about, you know, like, obviously you probably not a great idea to bring a five-year-old to the Holocaust museum in general. Um, talk to them about, human oppression and things like that, but maybe they're not going to get a lot out of that. So, and again, it's, it's clearly not a simple issue and, and certainly was, you know, kind of in this headline first, you know, article never uh, headspace that most people interact with the news in. It certainly was taken in a direction and into a discourse that wasn't wholly there. Right. Um, yeah, big time. Yeah. How's all that for digressions? Oh, that's salad. Yeah. Salad. 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 Salad, yes. Um, Yeah, no, I I, I appreciate just listening to you two guys there. Um, It it, it does, it makes me think of a story from The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom, in which she was kind of a a younger girl and 
she had to read a kind of a, a sexualized poem in class or in, in for school. And she was asking her dad about it. He was a watchmaker and they were, they were on a train on their way into the city where he did a lot of his business. And he just kind of listened to her. And then they arrived at the, uh, at the city and um, he said, Corey, I want you to pick up my, my, my briefcase that had all of his tools and watches and a, it was a heavy briefcase and she couldn't quite carry. She said, dad is too heavy for me. And his response to her was, <clears throat> some things are too heavy for you right now, Corey. And, um, and, and when you're older, you'll be able to carry them. And I thought that that was a good parenting move there mm -hmm. to not say that this isn't a conversation to be had, but to ask the question, when is the conversation best? Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's uh, just what you guys are saying. That's just that story was, I think, just a helpful, a yeah, helpful, um, yeah, move there. Uh, well, hey guys, let's uh, let's do a little uh, turn here, um, especially as Nick's trying to sanction Jeff Bezos. Um, <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Transition. Yeah. Nice, That's right. nice. Yeah. Jeff Bezos. Oh, yeah. nice. So let's uh, let's talk Full about some circle. other sanctions going on in the world right now. And um, so I, I sent you guys just kind of the topic of beauty. Because we've been talking about that, just the, the idea of beauty um, and, and beauty as it pertains to the human life and the Christian life and things like that. Um, I wanted to ask you guys about the idea of beauty in the midst of wartime. And um, yeah, so initially, you know, obviously we have, we have Russia invading Ukraine right now. And so I'll take some just a, some initial thoughts on just maybe how that's hitting you guys on if it's something where it's like, you know, I haven't really read a lot on it, or maybe it's hitting, um, I don't know, in a unique way in a particular way, or if you have some thoughts on it. Um, and so do, let me just throw that out there first. Do you, have, have you guys been following very closely? Has it been just something you've been kind of aware of as headlines come in? How have you guys been processing the, the whole thing? Well, right now, um, during the spring semester, I'm heading up the current events in, in like media literacy class. So there's something of a professional obligation right now to try and at least keep a pace. So I've usually during the day, like as I'm teaching, have have like a live feed from from Reuters or BBC or something open on, on there and I'll refresh it every now and then. So I like mm -hmm. to think I'm clear, I'm by far not an expert, but I've tried to keep fairly in the loop just out of my own desire and also just for the sake of that class. Yeah. Brett, Nick, you guys been tracking much? Yeah, yeah, I, I've been, you know, paying attention to it and, and reading stuff on it pretty much every day. And I think it's, um, it's, I mean, it's very sad that uh, what's happening, but, you know, I, I think there's, I think there's, there's some things that, um, you know, there's maybe some, some lessons there as well on both sides, so. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I've been keeping, definitely been keeping up with it. You know, I've been just inspired by the Ukrainians, you know, uh, fighting as well as they have against, uh, being vastly outnumbered. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Brett, did you have anything to add or no? No, I, you know, I've just been kind of keeping my eye on it, but it sounds like you guys are, um, 
watching a little more reading you know um digging in a little more there so yeah we've talked a little bit about it in class just <clears throat> and prayed you know and uh um but yeah um but not 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 anything else yeah 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 i i you know i i found myself really glued to this story um more than other times that we've had you know invasions happen or war break out or things like that and i think because there's just some unique facets to the narrative um that have really drawn me in and um and even even hit my heart in some ways you know i remember it was kind of earlier on there was a picture that went on twitter of uh um a young ukrainian soldier kissing his wife and kid about my son's age goodbye as they're going to try and get out of the city and he's going to stay and fight. And just, I I had a moment of just thinking about being in his shoes and thinking about the sadness of that, um, of having to potentially say goodbye for the very last time. Um, And then, you know, you've got, you know, the Ukrainian president who's goodness, just, uh, in a lot of ways, being a hero for his nation by sticking around and um, and uh, yeah, keeping the the rallying cry alive to defend their nation, and you know I say that with also like the the presupposition there that like I don't know this guy's like moral fabric in his own personal life or things like that. I don't know if he's a believer or anything like that, but I'm saying that in this particular instance, um, he seems to be standing firm against what seems to be an evil um, action on, on part, on the part of Putin and, and, um, and the way in which he's even going about the war. Um, And, uh, and so, yeah, so yeah, there's been a lot of horrors. Um, There's a lot of, civilians losing lives there's lies there's you know just a a bunch of stuff going around so let me ask you guys this and and i'm thinking of this concept in light of c.s lewis's essay um learning in wartime in which he kind of takes the idea of when the war is going on uh there's no purpose in how can you preoccupy yourself with philosophy or literature or mathematical theories or things like that how can you think about those things when the war is going on and lewis counters and um and he says it's actually very important that those things continue to be thought of and valued and 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 esteemed and regarded um and he's got a variety of reasons behind that one of which is goodness there needs to be the preservation of what you're defending you know too and um and 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 so and he's got a lot of arguments there, but I, w- I want to take it from the angle of, of beauty in the midst of, of all that's going on in Ukraine. How do you continue to value beauty, cultivate beauty and recognize beauty in the midst of suffering or trials? And Ukraine is, you know, kind of the, the, the big situation going on, but in much smaller scale ways, we all experience suffering and trials that can distract us from the from beauty around us how do you how do you navigate the pursuit of beauty in the midst of occasions when it seems like that's such a frivolous endeavor 
what kind of mm -hmm. thoughts are sparking up as 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 as, as I talk? Well, you know, my initial thoughts are, you know, like you said about what C.S. Lewis remarked is that it really makes you think about what is most important, what is worth fighting for. And, and I think one, one thing that has really been just uh, that I've appreciated in seeing the beauty is, is, is really the, the way that the West has come together. I mean, for the most part, not in everything, you know, but been able to condemn you know, what Russia is doing and being able to support Ukraine. Now, you know, of course, there are differences as far as how how far that should go, you know, if that should be like, you know, banning Russian oil, the import of Russian oil, or, you know, a no-fly zone. So there are differences there. But as far as, you know, sanctions and, and things like that, uh, it seems like there's been a uh, you know, even even countries that have been historically neutral, you know, have come out to condemn what Russia has done. So so I I have seen just the the beauty of of that and that response and been been heartened by by that response. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I. I think that, you know, kind of what you're speaking to um that idea of cultivating good and cultivating beauty in the face of, of 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 larger things that make it feel kind of frivolous i feel like the book of ecclesiastes has a lot to speak to about that um especially the, the fourth chapter um where it, it talks about like you know even in times of relative peace a lot of these things uh feel frivolous a lot of these things feel like chasing after vapor like you know as the hebrews would say it like hevel you know that that smoky thing that you're chasing after um even in the best of times even when things are going well you know even when there isn't a war abroad you know we're all still potentially one bad fall from from eternity you know um and, and, and the fourth chapter of Ecclesiastes digs into that and says, it's like, okay, so, you know, the, I, you know, the, the teacher, the, you know, the, the, I've examined all these things. I've looked to all these things, you know, pleasure, wisdom, wealth, uh, all of these things. And, and they're coming up empty and we're trapped in, in this time that we have. And he does, you know, it, it, at the, at the kind of the beginning, middle point of the fourth chapter, he, he says something along the line, along the lines of, so, take take what you can from simple pleasures you have to work you have to do you have to toil you know in his language but he is saying in there and also he ends the book by saying what's the you know what's the whole end of man it's the, to fear god and keep his commandments so within those bounds if you still you're still doing work and you're still following god's way for your life but it's saying it's just like and in that enjoy a meal with people around you enjoy the beauty that's in that enjoy the little things that come along the way um, and of course, you know, that has to be read in a larger biblical theological context of, 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 of an eschatological kingdom and all that things moving forward. But sometimes it's hard to grasp that. Sometimes it's hard to, to look at that hope and say, yes, that feels real right now, no matter how much you believe it, no matter how much it's still true. Sometimes it's hard to just grab onto that. And, and it seems like the author of Ecclesiastes is saying, 
when you can't grab those things, look to the beautiful that's in your everyday life. Look to the, look to the sunrise, look to the, look to the people that are with you, look to the good food that you have and the little things that you enjoy. Um, and those are things that keep you afloat when everything is smoke, um, which happens. I'm sure, you know, I've never been, I've never been in the situation that the Ukrainians have been in. Um, you know, and, it, and that can be something that benefits you in that situation. It's something that can benefit you when you just wake up on a Tuesday and it's just a little harder to get out of bed. Mm. When's the end of the third quarter? <laughs> right. Friday. Yeah. No, that was, that was well said, Jed. That was very well said. Yeah. It was a good word. Um, yeah. It makes me think of, um, there's a, a book called Every Moment Holy by douglas mckelvey and it's a it's a collection of prayers liturgies and he's got one for um just a kind of kind of a common prayer to pray together at feasting time it, it, it's a at, during a meal with friends and in it he he talks about how feasting together and laughing is a declaration of war against satan and what he sought to destroy and it's yeah. a it's a a celebration of the the ultimate victory of christ that is secured and will one day reach its culmination in the new heavens and the new earth and uh, and i like that i thought that was a helpful and a redeeming way of approaching um some of those simpler pleasures and delights and and giving them a, a weightiness to them mm. yeah yeah and you even have the example of like you know you look at the the people of israel in the wilderness um you know they're in a desert like they don't have sustainable agriculture um they're completely and totally reliant on the provision of god and when you're in that situation that can be terrifying um you know the fact that you don't know where your next meal is coming from um they don't have a land. They don't have a place. And what are they called to do in that time? Do a great work of art, a great work of beauty, build the tabernacle. Um, and then, you know, that work of beauty, you know, the, the, the first people, some of the first people in the, the Bible to ever said to have the spirit of the Lord upon them are the artisans that build the tabernacle. Um, and they build mm -hmm. that. And not only is it an outpouring of God's spirit, but that work of beauty then serves as the focal point where the people of Israel come to meet with God. Mm -hmm. um, and that's all happening while they're in the wilderness. Yeah. Um, while they're in a place of insecurity, while they're in a place of, um, uh, of, of potential worry. It, that, that sparks a thought in my head here, Jed. And let me throw it out there and uh, hear from you guys on it. Do you think the backdrop of suffering and the, the face of evil, um, that it is a revealing, a re revealer of the objective nature of beauty? We talked about the objective nature of beauty and how sometimes the objective traits of beauty can be sometimes obscured by our own preferences and selfish gratifications and things like that do you think that when you're going through the the refinement of suffering or even 
you know, coming face to face with evil things that what is truly beautiful rises to the surface and you can perceive it a little bit better. What are, what are your thoughts on that guys? I think it shows. Yeah. I, I think it shows too. Um, and Jed and Nick, you, you guys are and Luke, you guys already all kind of said some of this. Uh, what's, what's it, it exposes and brings to light what's genuinely important and uh, meaningful so I think that would go along with objectively beautiful. I think it shows us who we really are, you know, and again, I, 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 I hate to speak lightly of this cause I I'm not in it. I'm not in a, a wartime. Um, and I haven't been, you know, but, uh, it seems that, you know, whenever we think back at like, like world war two, you know, uh, world war one, you know, these major eras of, of, of war time. And we reflect on these stories. It's almost like we, we as humans tend to gravitate towards that, you know, going back to what we've talked about before about, you know, some of these bigger stories about, you know, uh, that are larger than life, you know, about you, uh, good overcoming evil, you know, stuff like that. What we've, what we've talked about with like Lord of the Rings, you know, and, and, mm. and thinking of this dark, dark time, but, but people rising to the challenge to stand up against the evil and to fight it, even in the midst of, um, you know, suffering and, uh, uh, you know, uh, horrible odds or whatever. I wonder if part of it is, you know, it shows us that, you know, because we all kind of fear hopelessness and despair, you know, and, and, and we can look back during these times that were so dark that must have, you know, people must have been overwhelmed in the moment with hopelessness and, and, you know, despair, but yet we are on the outside of it and can look back and see that, you know what, they were able to still get through, mm-hmm. you know, there was still, um, in other words, there is hope even in those times of what seemed to be hopelessness. And, um, I don't know for me, like I, I, I get comfort when I think back. I'd like to reflect on world war two and things like that. Not only because, yeah, it was, you know, there was some cool stuff, I guess, but man, there were some horrible, horrible things too. But, but yet I can see the end result and that they came through and that, that it ended uh, kind of a thing. And, and that, that gives me hope in dark times, you know, I, I'm loving right now reading Lord of the Rings because it's giving me, um, you know, in times when I'm weary, I'm tired, I'm discouraged. Uh, here were some characters that were going through these impossible times and circumstances, it seemed, but yet were we're able to to get to push through and uh, and so on. I, I think of the life of of Christ and and you know going to the cross. <laughs> and uh, I loved speaking of good old Mel Gibson. I loved on the Passion when uh, he was there at the the whipping stone or block, you know. And um, uh, what was the line? Um, he said, you know, he's tied to it, and he stands up and he says. Um, my, my spirit is ready. You know, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you know, Jesus knowing all things, knowing what was coming, he stood up and he, he didn't say it, but let, let me back up. He said it to the father. <laughs> he said, Lord, father, my spirit is ready. Mm. And I'm like, oh man, 
you know, that stuff. So I don't know. I, I wonder if, if we can include that in objective beauty, those things being beautiful, you know, what is really important and what really matters, you know, in our family and us as humans coming together and rising to the occasion, you know, uh, that, that displaying that courage, that bravery, that valor, yeah. you know, rather than this false stuff that, you know, oh, this person just gave up in the Olympics and, oh, let's say that that's bravery, you know, because they didn't feel like doing it, you know, or, <laughs> the, yeah. you know, the, it's like we, we in times of peace that we've been, all been living in, we've manufactured false dilemmas almost, you know, things that are just so petty. I mean, think of what the Ukrainians would think of some of these things right now, you know, Trump's war on journalism or Trump's war against the the mail, <laughs> you know, uh, if you guys even remember any of that stuff, it's like, we're, we're coming up with things that we can pretend we're, we're fighting in, against and overcoming. And I think God that man, we were able to live in such times of peace to where we were so bored that we had to make up fake, you know, uh, dilemmas. I don't know. And, and I'm rambling yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, there's one, uh, we'll just wrap up with this because I know we got to get going here, but uh, there is one uh, video that's going viral. Um, I'll send you guys the article here, but it's, it's a Ukrainian girl that's singing, let it go to people huddled in a bomb shelter. And it's one of those things where you, you yeah is you know it's um it's beautiful there's something beautiful and intrinsically beautiful in the hope and the peace of this little girl in the midst of uh, just the the worst of circumstances and and so yeah i think you're right brett from seeing virtue and nobility and courage and bravery to seeing um even some of the uh, um you guys know what I'm saying, but some of the, some of the innocence and purity of some of the small children that, that uh, um, yeah, are bringing courage in their own way uh, to the, um, the adults around them. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's a big deal what's going on there. And I think it's, you know, just always important for us as the church to feel the weightiness of the brokenness of this world, that we might be prayerful and that we might be hopeful and that we might be striving forward. Uh, to that day when Jesus will come back and make all things good and right and whole and new again. So um, yeah, on a lighter note, one yeah. second, can I just add sure. um, on a lighter note, the Lord blessed this child that she was singing or not singing. We don't talk about Bruno. So of all the songs <laughs> <laughs> they, and let it be a lesson learned too for uh, our kids. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Uh, wait about out there brett and <laughs> um, in a good word so um yeah so we'll do our homework we'll find ways of uh, acquiring we were soldiers and um and we'll come back ryan and we'll we'll give you the uh the thoughts on it all the all the download on it and so until next time everybody blessings